Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Anacon Chelsea podcast with me, your host, Yan. How you doing? Good? I hope so. <laughs> I always hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have on Eunice um, from uh, YouTube, a Chelsea YouTuber, Eunice HH. Really nice dude. And it's an excellent episode. So I really hope everyone enjoys it and let's get straight into it. All right, boys and girls, as promised, welcoming to the podcast, Eunice, the Chelsea uh, FC YouTuber. Eunice, how you doing, mate? Good evening. I'm good. Thank you. Good evening, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, and yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Chill, man. Absolutely. Likewise, it's a pleasure, man. I enjoy your content on the YouTubes. Um, always a very measured and nice chap, and I like to hear your thoughts. So this is going to be cool, man. I'm very pleased to have you on. Um, Thank you. No sweat. Just to let the listeners know, the usual format. Uh, two parts, me and Eunice are going to shoot the shit about Chelsea in part one, talk about the issues at the club, hopefully po- find some positive somewhere, um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll dissect how we feel things are going and what the issues are, um, then we'll end part one, then part two, we will look forward. Um, we're recording this on Monday evening, I'm probably some part into part two, we'll see, we, the lineup for England might come out and we can uh, see if, if the rumours are true, if our, if our boy is indeed starting against Montenegro. Yep. But, um, excuse me, that's something we can talk about too. But let's get into it, Eunice. So, right, it's not going well. <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> no, not quite. I mean, um, obviously, there's a, there's a big... It's a bit of a shit show in the fan base at the moment um, in terms of... Um, people's opinions and sorry now i'm not going to get into like match goers and not ma- non-match goers because i think yeah. That's like, I, yeah i think it's a bit of a nonsense especially i'm not going to try and say talk about different uh, there is no hierarchy in a pit of opinions in my in my opinion <laughs> but um, i agree yeah so the, so that's kind of void so let's just look at fans as like a whole and there is there is a split down the middle um a lot of people um do want sorry out i i i i like a lot of people, championed his appointment like Granaskaya. I, I like the idea of it, and he made all the right noises. I mean, I'm echoing a lot of sentiments I've said in this podcast before, but he did say some nice fit. When he arrived, he talked about how he looks at football, about nurturing play, and, you know, we were all like, Hazard's going to explode, and, you know, let's, Hazard is having his best season technically in terms of output um, in the Premier League, at what expense, or, you know, in maybe other parts of the field, or but I liked I liked his idea. You know, I didn't give a shit about the trophies thing. You know, I, I sort of trusted the club in terms of positive appointments. Loads of sackings and, you know, ends up in turmoil. Yeah. But a lot of the time they get it right initially. Um, and I liked him, you know. He, it, it was like vertical tiki-taka, drawing players out. And in theory, it was really exciting. Obviously, it's it's gone... Um, we've, we've come across difficulties. I want to get... I want to I get... I want you to express yourself here, Eunice, and how do you feel about the coach? I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll both get into issues above Sorry, Do you think he's completely hamstrung or has he done himself a disservice in a few ways? I want to get your thoughts on it, mate. So start wherever you want, freestyle it, get, do some venting. <laughs> yeah, no, to be, I haven't haven't blown up into a run in a while. So, um, <laughs> nice. no, in, 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 in all honesty... Um, 
I'm like you. When when we first got Sari, I really thought this is great. This is something new. He's attacking. He done wonders at Napoli. We're going to see the same thing at Chelsea because we're Chelsea and we're at the top and it's going to go really smoothly. Mm. Um, I saw him appoint Zola as his assistant. And I thought this is great. They've got someone that knows the club to mm-hmm. help him out. He's Italian. It just seemed like a great match. Yep. And at the start, we all thought, bloody hell, this is incredible. Mm. You know, especially we went 18 games unbeaten and we thought we're onto something special here. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't understand is the decline from December to now, mm. where it looks like we've at times been figured out. Um, a lot of people have debated the position of Jorginho as the reason why we've been caught out. And for many games, I think that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, with Sari, now we're in March and we're about to finish the month and we're heading into April. Um, it's it's really it's really hard because I understand why people who want him to stay want him to stay. And I also understand why people who want him to go want him to go. Mm. Um, it's I'm, I'm really on the fence because mm-hmm. with this transfer ban coming in, um, is he the one who's going to implement certain players such as our youth mm-hmm. players like Hudson Odoi? Um, is he going to stick with that stubborn way of choosing players who we don't see fit mm-hmm. um, into next season? Because if this is going to continue the way it's been going, that's where you got to ask. You got to start asking questions. Yeah. Um, people have said he deserves a chance. He deserves an opportunity to to show you know that he can change and he can adapt. That's true as well. Um, so that's where I'm, I'm, I'm a bit 50-50. Yeah. I, I really don't know what direction he's going to go in. We won't yeah. know until we actually see what happens. And that's why I'm on the fence. Um, I, I hate the whole sacking and hiring and, and getting rid and, you know, bringing in new managers and then it doesn't work. And then it's, I, I hate that. The cycle mm-hmm. has to end because we don't have that spine and that core of players that we used to. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, that was our block. Well, just to just to pick up on a couple of things you said there, Eunice. So yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, there is an element of like, if we keep him, where the where the fuck do we go from here? But then if we sack him, where the fuck do we go from here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, exactly. But um, a couple of things. I mean, you know, you're right to say we don't have these titans. I was calling titans that sort of Chelsea of old. These players that. You know, it doesn't matter who's managing. You don't lose 4-0 to Bournemouth. Um, I think even Sarri himself said that. Like, they could have not had a coach and that wouldn't have happened. But yeah. um, we will talk about where does he go from here. If he can, can he change? We'll talk about Hudson-Odoi. You know, he does he react with Southgate potentially starting him in competitive games against someone like... I don't think... Did Pedro even get... Pedro didn't get called up for Spain, did he? I don't think he does. I don't think he does I don't anymore. think he did. No, yeah, I don't think so, he did. you know, an, 18, an 18 year old who's starting competitive games for his country versus a guy who doesn't get called up anymore. But then again, context, you know, someone he, someone who knows his system well. And, and I've used the um, example before on the pod and Twitter of Pedro making that defensive tackle against Spurs and scoring that individual goal. You won't get that from Callum Hudson Adoy, but that's, a, that's not a critique of him because you can't expect that of him. Anyway, I'm digressing. But what I want to do. What I want to pick up on is something you said earlier, which was, um, 
you know, where where it all went wrong for Sari in this first season. Okay, so let's we don't need to look ahead just yet to implementing rebuilding with a transfer ban or implementing youth. Let's just look at yeah. the core players. So, you know, without criticising him for being stubborn, let's look at the players he wants to use to perform in the Premier League and were performing. So, yeah, so 18 games um, on beat and run, we're scoring goals, creating loads of chances. Um, I've always used the example of the one-one Liverpool game of like the best display of like, attacking football from both sides in that game. I know li- both of us have gone off the boil in different ways, but Liverpool kept winning and they're trying to grind out a title that we hope they don't win. You know, but um, <laughs> yeah. but early doors that they, we were doing insane football. I know they weren't sitting anyone on Jorginho, so you you also mentioned that. I think I don't know if it was the Everton game when someone first just completely sat on him and, and um you know and he didn't he didn't have it his own all his own way and it caused issues for a few games from there but it was it yeah. was excellent and it 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 was it just seemed too simple to say oh yeah man mark Jorginho because he's not like he doesn't know who Jorginho is and he's this is the first season he's playing this like deep line playmaker regista you know football he this is what he does so he yeah. knows theoretically how people would counter it it's just too simplistic to say oh he's been found out because he's been man marked you know I feel like the coach deserves a little bit of credit in thinking like you know he would have thought of that and the players aren't doing the right thing but it did which leads me to the sort of I know that's a question almost you can't answer like you know where did it go wrong but just I think Sari's honest in his press conferences probably too honest for his own good in terms of how (laughs) how British media take things so whether he means mentality the way we mean it, but there is that element of capitulation in these Chelsea players that that we we haven't seen for a long time. I know that when we finished tenth, that was like a, a shit show. But generally, it's not something that you put with Chelsea players. You know, like losing the, to these really negative scorelines. It did happen under Conte a couple of times as well, but with this group of players, is it down to Sorry to make these players into like mega strong? Chelsea of old players who just don't capitulate like that. Do we have to buy it in? Do we have to bring it through the academy? Can these players get better? Do you think it's a mentality thing? Like, I want to get your thoughts on on that core group that were doing well and then not suddenly doing well because it, it can't be as easy as man marking Jorginho. You can put a ball over the top of him or you can, if you look statistically later in the season, more passes are going through Kante. I know he's actually changed formations a few times, which we can talk about you know, in a bit, but I want to get your thoughts yeah. on the mentality, mate. How do you feel about that at the moment? Um, in all honesty, um, the way we got caught out, I think there's two elements to it. When we were winning, um, everything was all sunshine and rainbows and, and players were confident. Mm. I, I do think that this, this group that we have, and it, it proved under Antonio Conte specifically, mm. um, a few were there, maybe about half the team were there under Jose Mourinho and they experienced what happened then. Mm-hmm. Um, but Conte mainly because we saw results against Bournemouth and Watford mm. under Conte. Yes. Um, this group of players, I believe when everyone is feeling confident, th- the best comes out. But the moment that something begins to go wrong, it's like all of them doubt themselves mm. and they all just begin to really panic and they begin to really not believe in themselves or their teammates. And that's not good enough, it, is it? It's not, it's not, especially for a level as Chelsea. You know, we're not, I hate to disrespect the, the, the little teams, but we're not 
we're not a little team, mm. you know. Um, we were struggling back in the day, and I, I you know, you you hear those fans that say, "Oh, don't worry, you know, we used to be shit," mm. and I was there, I was there, and, and and you know, we you know, we would have wished that we we're in the position we're in today. But you have to take into context our environment, our yeah. you know, funds, our you know, all of that. We, we've grown, mm. so we need players with a strong mentality. Yes. Um, I believe that there's a sense of that as to why we've struggled. Um, and I also believe tactically, I do think that there is, um, there is an element as to why we've been caught out specifically regarding Jorginho. Mm. And it's not just him. It's, it's not just saying, Oh man, Mark Jorginho and it's done Mm -hmm. at Napoli. That wouldn't have been the case. No, but with us, it is. And it is because we don't have anywhere else on the pitch, especially our fullbacks, which, you know, does, um, it's an important part of a Sari system. Yeah. Um, he relied on it a lot in Napoli and you need fullbacks to be able to penetrate bomb forward and track back in time, um, without getting caught out mm. for teams to be able to think and managers to be able to think, okay, they've got very dangerous fullbacks. Marking Jorginho isn't going to stop him. Mm. You know, whereas at the moment we've had to rely on Marcos Alonso, who, you know, I don't need to say much about him. Yeah. We've all seen what he's done. Yeah, I've voiced um, my opinions on him many times, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um as Biliqueta, who I believe is starting to to decline. I agree. Certainly. You know, I, I reckon this is. I, I believe he's a, he's a top defender. He's mm. proved what he can do. I just believe it's his age. Is his mm. legs catching up? Um, mm. At centre back, I think he could do a fantastic job. At right back, I think he's beginning to decline. Yeah. So when you have two fullbacks that can't do the jobs that the system requires to do, mm. we have to rely on going down the middle, mm-hmm. and then getting the ball onto like Hazard or whoever's on the right wing. Yeah. That yeah. goes through Jorginho. Mm. So okay. if you stop Jorginho, yeah. you've stopped. Chelsea this getting ball Chelsea. to the offensive phase. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, Mourinho point, pointed it out in 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 a punditry for being sports. I think he did, mm-hmm. um, and he said that that was a big, big issue. He said when I was uh, Man United manager, and thankfully he's not anymore. But yeah. um, when when he said I was Man United manager, the key was to make sure that I blocked Jorginho because that's fifty percent of the job done. Mm. Mm. And you know, okay, if we have fullbacks and we have um you know players that we can really rely on Jorginho feels a little bit more free yeah. and i think that does help the team i think that's a really good point and well made dude um i the biggest problem i'd agree would be the fullbacks in terms of just straight up mobility um you know when aspi wants to dig in and defend you know our two nil win against uh, city early in the season he was like maybe man of the match for me if you look at his numbers in that game they were absolutely imperious um but when yep. when you want him to play sorry ball he needs to be that fullback that he isn't essentially then like you exactly. say that that's heavily reliant on that system uh you know same same for marcus alonso while we're on the fullbacks i mean great great as a wingback in form when yeah, he's when he's, when he's got the uh, box to box when he's got the freedom of Kante running where he wants and he's got three centre-backs behind him and he was in form banging in volleys poaching free kicks great but that you know we don't need a luxury free kick player that can play on the right when he's doing so much and we, oh yeah I refuse to get into a massive Alonso thing you know but there's I've, I've, I'm sure you've said it I've voiced it a lo- loads of times on this pod about what he does but that picture that's been circulating on Twitter of just Hazard looking at him shrugging his shoulders like what the fuck are you doing man <laughs> I think that, encaps- yeah. that encapsulates Marcus Alonso this season and his link up with Hazard and wasting chances but um, also just to sort of uh, 
finalised the point in Jorginho as well. You're, you're right, because of the fullbacks um, being inefficient uh, for how they, well, in, in relation to how they should be. Jorginho oh, yeah. is, ex- is such an excellent player, but he, um, it sounds like I'm trying to bail him out a little bit, but there is an element of truth in this. In <laughs> he, he needs the passes to be available to him. He, Absolutely. What, what makes Jorginho such, he's not the best passer in the world, right? Which is sounds, which off the bat, you're saying, well, he's meant to be all about passing. He is, but he's not Cesc Fabregas that sees it's a pass like, you know, it like matrix. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's not like, yeah. yeah, he's not, he's not like that. What he is, He's he's this is the and this is what Sari said in broken English so many times when he arrived is he's so fast in the brain in the mental in the mental as soon as that he's received the ball in his foot he knows exactly where it's going that's what makes him so good that's what genuinely makes him the metronome on the heartbeat of the team because he's like as soon as he's tri- to put the touch on that ball he needs to slot it to where that player should be uh, and the biggest and one of the biggest problems <laughs> we're reeling off loads of fucking problems here one of the biggest problems is there's no <laughs> movement in this sorry English sorry ball style you know they, they, there's no attacking the space to receive the pass um, yep. and that's what that's what makes this like stagnant passing that pisses all the fucking Brexiteers off do you know what I mean and, <laughs> and then Matthew Harding <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, good one. do you know what I mean and, and, and yeah. uh, I'm dawning losing any listeners off that because I'm sure I've got a few of them in the Matthew Harding but and, uh, but they're they're right everyone in Stamford Bridge is right to be pissed off at seeing that because it's stagnant and turgid but it's not Definitely. that's not that's not what it's meant to be it's meant to be people running into this space so when a player that is as good cerebrally and neurologically as football like as, as Jorginho can make that pass there he's going right well it's not there so I'm going to hold on to it and reset pass here reset pass here so the cohesion has gone down and that might be with confidence but that's probably you know if the fullbacks were the right players they'd be affording more space for the attacking mids no. and yeah go on mate you're right. No, you're, mm. you're spot on. I just want to point out um, I don't know if you saw Jorginho um, for Italy Against Finland? No, I didn't. Not that last. I've watched a few, but not Italy. If, for anyone that's that's seen, or if you do get a chance, have a look. Mm. A different man. Yeah. A totally different man. Um, yeah. You could see he just looks comfortable. He knows mm. exactly what he's doing. He, he, he looks like he's a maestro. Yeah. He looks like a Perlo. And yeah. you know, you're thinking players are moving. <laughs> you so, know, yeah. um, he has player. options, mm. and the focus isn't all on him. He looked more free. Whereas at Chelsea, it's like he's the nucleus. Mm. It's like, you know, everyone is daunting on him. And mm. it's, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Um, you look at the way Italy were playing Absolutely, compared to, yeah. to, to us and you mm. see the difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have watched him for Italy before and sometimes he, because of how he's got the confidence, he actually gets a bit more, a few yards up more the pitch as well, you know. And yeah, even true. Even arrives in the box as well as yeah. um, maybe a slightly different role, but it shows you he's got it in his locker. And if Chelsea are chasing a goal, maybe he'll leave his his post and be like and run up into the 18 yard box and bang one in um so you know he's a great player it's not right that he gets shit. i mean no player should get shit or booed from the fan base but um he, he's he's such a quality player you know there's it's no coincidence guardiola wanted him to to replace fernandinho because he'd be perfect at that role you know um yeah okay so we've to move on we've talked to i mean there's a couple more things i want i want to get through I tell you what, in, in the second part, we can hopefully talk about Sorry. Um, uh, he's been changing formation to a sort of four-two-three-one or a four-two-four later on in games, and taking off Jorginho and having uh, Ruben and Kante. But if we remember, we'll talk about that in part two because I want us talking about moving forwards. But for the yeah. end of, for the end of part one, let's talk about 
not sorry, but why I don't. Uh, one of the main reasons why I don't think sacking the coach will do anything because I'll just quickly. I mean, I'm sure you'll agree because I've watched some of your videos and you know I follow you on Twitter and stuff. But I, I've said this a few times that how I feel. It starts at the very, very top for Chelsea at the moment. And I don't mean... I mean, it's been a clear issue for a while. We have no footballing structure in terms of technical sporting or football director that can say, look, Graniskaya, you're going to get these kind of players from now on because I'm implementing this theme and philosophy. And now that's been implemented in the higher up, managers can almost become disposable again in this new Chelsea model. The old Chelsea model was just trophy-winning managers, they're disposable, but this new one is no. They're disposable because they follow the philosophy and the theme and the continuity alone makes Chelsea better, like any well-run European football team uh, yep. in, in today's football. But for, And I'll get your thoughts on that, but also I think it starts at the very top with Roman Abramovich. Now, I know, I know the visa issues have screwed him over and that might have pissed him off about you know withdrawing the stadium i don't really give a shit about the stadium right now because i feel like we've got bigger problems but yeah but but with with roman the way I, the way i've been reading about it he can still come into the country for quite a lot with his um israeli citizenship or passport and he can still he could still attend games and he's always you know wanted an attacking co- it was him that's always sort of pushed forward the attacking football at Stamford Bridge or certainly he wanted that sort of Barcelona Ajax vibe at Chelsea and essentially again in theory Sari encapsulates that so regardless to his limited time in England you'd think he'd attend one fucking game dude do you know what I mean like he's got <laughs> he's got he's got this you know and Chelsea always wore it as a badge of pride like oh yeah look at Arsenal you know look at Newcastle look at Spurs they all hate their owners we bloody love our owner he's like he's He's up in his box of his Chelsea scarf, pumping money in, cheering on as we lift the trophies. Do you know what I mean? We we wore yep. that as a badge of pride. So for me, it's very worrying how it just screams disinterest or proving a point or issues. Or how, how do you feel about first the owner as well? Do you agree with me? And do you also agree with me in terms of you think the manager's are kind of redundant until we sort out the figure above him? No, absolutely. The second point, bang on. Yes, mm. I've I've always said even if we stick with Sari or if we get rid of him, mm. especially if we get rid of him uh, before hiring the next manager, we got to sort our club out. Yes, <laughs> you know, especially coming into a summer, let's let's get the structure right, and once mm. everything's in place, then we can think about hiring someone. Mm-hmm. Um, the the issues with Roman, and I've I've said this, and yeah, I agree with you. Um, mm. It starts at the top. Yep. everything starts at the top and it trickles down. Absolutely. So what you're seeing on the pitch is a reflection of the complete disorganization at the club at the top. Mm. Um, in terms of Roman, to be fair to him, I think it could be two different scenarios. I think it could be option A. Um, he can get into the country with an Israeli passport, um, but you have to realize as well, um, because he owns Chelsea, it's an asset. If he's located anywhere, probably near the bridge, people are going to think, or the authorities, the home office will probably think he's conducting business. He's, uh, he's at work. Yeah. And on, on a tourist visa, you're not allowed to work. <laughs> you know? So Fair, I think yeah. that could be, that could be one of the issues. Why, even if he was in the country, he can't come near the club. That's a good point. Well made, mate. Yeah. Um, option two He's just got full trust in Marina and he's thinking, yeah, I'm not bothered. She's running things. We're getting profits. Money are coming in. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, 
that could be option two. And I think it's one of them. Mm. I'd like to think it's option A. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because he obviously, I think he does like Maureen is his girl, so like he like yeah. you know he probably does trust her, but he he he's lovely. He just he wanted to win. He wanted Chelsea to do well, and that was his thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, can he? Has yeah. He re- I just, he's not like really really old or anything. I don't think he would have lost interest. You're, you're you're probably right. I also hear some like things about he wants to hear what the final verdict is on Brexit before he like you know hangs about or makes a decision or starts you know investing emotionally investing himself and you know so but okay so that's an interesting one so i i think that will hopefully be concluded by next season we'll we'll see we'll see if uh he starts floating about or he gets his visa sorted or what will happen um do you think um two questions I want to start on for Zola. I was with you, you. You said earlier in the pod how we were all absolutely buzzing off Zola. He's, not only was he like a Chelsea legend and a wonderful entertainer, but he's a really sweet man. Like he 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 handles himself incredibly well in press conferences. He's like he's just he's just so lovable that guy. And you know, like yeah. like Chelsea. I mean, I liked the fact how everyone hated Chelsea, but it doesn't hurt to have an Angolo Kante, which you know the world absolutely loves. And you know, not to the same exposure degree but Zola's got a touch of that do you know what I mean like he's just a lovable sweet but he's a shit coach (laughs) 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 yeah I mean okay so like let me let me sort of caveat that with he's 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 got a really awful managerial record and I don't think he'd put a rocket up anyone um and I feel like we'd probably need a bit a bit more of that Steve Hollandy guy kind of back I wouldn't want Zola to leave the club but Two questions. If you could pick like an extra side coach, not 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 a new like manager, but an extra f- person to come back and work alongside to benefit the connection, because as Zola is probably just being a sort of translator more than anything else at the moment. So if, <laughs> yeah. if, if you could um if you could bring someone in to be that sort of figure or like you know because if you look at Solskjaer, he's got all the, he's got all the fucking band back together behind him, isn't it? It's not just, he has it's, yeah. It's not just one. So so if you no. could br- if you could bring one guy back in for that, who would it be? And do you have any ideas for director of football? Do you think it should be like because Joe I, I Joe Tweedy on a couple of times and he thinks. And he made a good case for the biggest um, sort of commodity for a director would be trust. So I sort of challenged him in would a Czech or Balak be qualified to actually deliver the skill set needed for a director. And he thought, you know what, the fact how they're intelligent and they're trusted, the trust alone would, would have more longevity and say, look, just get this player in rather than an academic um, if so, again, I know I've sort of waffled on here, Eunice, mate. But if you could, no, choo- if, if you could choose um, a sort of an extra coach to come in to work with Sari and the director, whether it be le- a Chelsea legend or an actual technical director or something, who would you choose? Yeah, um, I think in terms of an uh, of a coach, an assistant coach. Yeah, um, I've got two names that pop into my head, and possibly a third. The third is debatable. Go on. Um, the first one is Steve Holland. Yes, because um, I believe he was the glue Mm. under Mourinho the second time under Conte. um, I believe he was the glue Mm. between, um, you know, the manager and the players. And sometimes in 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 times of breakdown, Mm. Steve Holland is someone that you could tell had authority, but also had respect. It's funny. Everyone. It's because he's quite a quiet dude. Do you remember when JT did his leaving speech and passed him the mic and he's like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, but you're right. You're right. He's still mates with Conte. Sorry to jump in, but he went to that game yeah, recently. He is, yeah. So yeah, go on, carry on, mate. 
Yeah, no, Steve Holland um, mm. definitely won. I believe he he understands the club inside out. He's been there a while. He's um, been in the England setup and he's done a good job. Mm, absolutely. Alongside Southgate. Yeah. Um, it's only positives about him. The second mm. one, which no one mentions, and I've always admired him as a number two, mm. not so much as a manager, but as an assistant, I think he was premium. Steve Clark. Nice. I thought um, when he was with us under Jose the first time, I thought he was tremendous. Um, and you could see he was pretty much the same as Steve Holland was recently for us. Yeah. Um, What's he doing now? Steve, I don't know. He, he tried He tried management, didn't he? And, and that didn't quite work out. I think mm. he went to West Brom. I'm not sure if that, uh, I'm not sure how yeah. that went on for, oh, but he, he got yeah. sacked. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he's doing now, no. But he's, uh, I think if, he, if he's available, then great. Might be, um, <laughs> might, I think he might be in... Scotland? I think so. Okay, yeah. Anyway, Steve Clark. I think so. Yeah. Um, the third one would be a good place to develop, and that'd be John Terry. Yeah, he, well, in terms of proper Chelsea and sticking the rocket up, no, exactly. one, no one better, is it? Yeah, in fact, he's, he is assistant at the moment at Villa. Mm. Um, and, you know, if he continues doing the job that he's doing over there, the next step as an assistant coach would be a great place would definitely be Chelsea, especially mm. for the fact that the dressing room needs someone like him back so urgently. So urgently. <laughs> um, so urgently. We don't have someone in there that's going to, you know, shove something up everyone's asses um, mm. when it's needed. Mm. And JT, you know, whether he's on the pitch or he's off it, he will tell you exactly what's needed. Mm. And um, I think that it'd be, it'd be good for him. Um, mm. In terms of a director, I think Balak, all the reasons that, you know, um, that was mentioned that you mentioned before. Mm. I think w- would be would be brilliant. He's intelligent. He's enthusiastic. He's young. Cultured, um, knows about European football. Yep, mm. he knows in, he knows it inside out, and he knows Chelsea Football Club inside out. Mm. Um, he was there at the good times. He's seen some bad times, but mainly good. Mm. Um, and he's he's respected. Um, I think it's always good to have an ex-player that you know has a, a certain level of respect. Mm. It's like um, it's like Zidane at Real Madrid. You know, he, he's never proven that he's a top coach anywhere. But the moment he walked back into Madrid as a manager, mm. you just have that respect because he's one of the greatest names of the club's history. Mm. So, um, you know, Balak, not saying he's one of the greatest we've ever had, but he's been a top, top, top player for us. And um, he understands he's well cultured. As you said, he's intelligent. Mm. He could definitely, definitely you know, do a good job in that role. Um, In terms of someone more experienced as a director, I've only seen the links with Luis Campos of of Lille and ex-Monaco. I think he would be good. Good at bringing the... you trust him with the kids, wouldn't you? Exactly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and um, any youth players spotting spotting a gem, I Mm. believe, is what he's good at. Yeah, we wouldn't have to sell it. We wouldn't have to sell the kids, hopefully. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, those are the names that spring to mind. Good, good, yeah, good, yeah. I mean, in terms of yeah, the way me and Tweedy concluded, we talked about, I sort of, when he brought me around to that way of ex-legend thinking, I sort of really came to the liking of Czech coming back when we were discussing Balak and Czech because um, same reasons of the general things you've just, the sentiments you just said there about Balak, but um, I feel the same with Czech, but Czech is still still in the Premier League now. You know, I know he's leaving in the season, but he'd probably yeah. happy come back to the club where he's a legend he's super intelligent check uh, he knows about he knows like so, about so many things uh, and he and he's literally would have just left the league where he's he's playing against what is you know the Leroy Sanes and the Sterlings and the Sellers and you know he's got that all fresh in his brain and 
to, to translate, do you know what I mean, what the Premier League's current climate is. So Definitely. I'll, I'll dig that. But let's, uh, I'm going to end, end part one there, Eunice, man. Um, and we'll, we'll, in part two, we'll look forward to um, how we think things are, <laughs> things are going to go. Right, so that'll be... Sounds good. Oh, I did. Welcome back to part two. Yannick on Chelsea. I'm still here with my homeboy Eunice. We've been talking Chelsea. Well, looking at, looking at the season so far, trying to dissect what's been happening, what we think the issue is. But in this part two, we want to look ahead. So, Eunice. Um, yeah, so, okay, so let's put this, while I've got it fresh in my head, um, we can talk about the lineups to the England game is going to be released probably in the next 10 minutes. Um, one of us could keep yeah. an eye on that because like, it would lead us nicely on to t- chatting about Callum and stuff. Um, Formation-wise, let's talk about yeah. that because he has, he came up, he saw he arrived at Chelsea and he's like, nope, 4 3 3 fuck everyone <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and I had no, I mean, I had no problem with that because, you know, I was looking at, I know, you know, Guardiola does change formations within games, but they do all generally. All the top teams play four three three, don't they? Like it's just like European football success formation as it stands. Unless you're a pragmatic three at the back team, which still has a very much as a place in today's football. You know, asks you know Nuno Espirito Santo. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah, whoever PSG sometimes when they play it, although maybe not the greatest example at the moment. <laughs> but but um, you know what I mean. But he, yeah. has, he has been changing, uh, granted, late in the game, but he's taken off his boy Jorginho at times, who we both agreed, you know, isn't a shit player, he's a good player, but might have issues in games. And he has played like a 4-2-3-1 that actually resembles more of a 4-2-4 towards the end and has um, Ruben and Kante playing sort of box-to-box, occupying that midfield spot. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Ruben in a sec. Um, how do you feel if he... <laughs> Do you how do you feel about these recent changes in formation? Do you think that's him just learning, but learning a bit too late, or has he been forced in doing it? Or how, what are your reaction to him doing it? Is it a welcome one? Is it, or do you think he's just doing it, being forced it to no effect? How do you feel about these formation changes? Um, the changes itself, um, I welcome. Mm. I, I I welcome. Um, I believe sometimes he implements it too late. Mm. Um. It's like, um, was it against Everton where he went to a four-two-three-one really like with ten minutes to go? Yeah, maybe. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's too late. Um, mm. I believe that's the Premier League isn't like Serie A. You can't just walk in with one formation and think, yeah, this is going to be the one. Um, I believe the Premier League, especially at the beginning, you can't keep relying on one system against all your opponents you have to analyze what your opponent has and work on that as well mm-hmm. um which i believe sari is beginning to learn mm. um he definitely didn't do it up until maybe february mid mid feb mm-hmm. um at, at the earliest he definitely didn't but no, 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 yeah. the, the changes that i've seen i i think are positives especially like um changing the formation um you early know subs. bringing on early subs um bringing on players that you know should be on the pitch um such as Hudson Odoi Loftus-Cheek mm. um you know taking off a player who he, we know he relies on a lot Jorginho for the sake of the system and for the sake of the team mm-hmm. is a positive if he's not playing well take him off yeah. um you know that's one one problem I've had with him is um playing players that we don't see fit you know should deserve to play mm. Um, mm. or leaving players on the bench that we all are screaming should be on the pitch. Yeah. 
um, that's what that's one one thing that that I've had an issue with with Sari, and I kind of still do because he's still showing little hints of it. Mm. Um, one case being Emerson, mm. for example, he he finally got into the team. He broke his way through. Looks he worked good. hard. Mm. He looked good. He had one bad game. Alonso came on, had one good game against Dynamo Kiev, and all of a sudden he's he's in against Everton, yeah, he, and it's yeah. it's like why? Um, and <laughs> best left back in what, Europe apparently. <laughs> that's not, we're not, not going to touch it I'm, I'm trying to make this as Lonzo free as possible man. you know that statement alone is worrying <laughs> yeah, it does know, tell, is he just doing that in public to try and um, you know save him some grace and make well, him look a bit good Conte said he... Conte said Courtois is the best goalkeeper in the world remember he said that a few, uh, yeah. he said that a few times but yeah go on keep going um, and another one um, is is the youth, such as Loftus Cheek, Hudson Odoi, and Hudson Odoi. I just want to mention the England team is out and he is starting. Woo! Okay, so per pin in that, per pin in that, we'll we'll get to that. Um. Um, <laughs> uh, I want, okay, so I just just want to finish off talking about formations quickly, just before we move on to uh, personnel, like the youth yeah. and stuff. But um, I want to play devil's advocate because you're right. I agree these formation changes come too late, but I sort of subscribe to the theory from what I've seen from Sari saying and what the original club statement was and this that and the other that he came to Chelsea to play his football and that was his number one objective saying look we want to play your Napoli football that would afford Hazard more goals and assists which it has to be fair regardless to whichever way you look at it Um, and we want to entertain you know, we want to entertain the Chelsea fan base. We, we want your footballer here. We understand you came in very late. Conte was still like stinking the gaff out. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a big Conte fan, by the way. That's no slight on him, but it, obviously <laughs> he, it, it was untenable, his continuation at Chelsea. But um, yeah. so, yeah, you know, Sarri did arrive, one arm tied behind his back. He did just sung, sing all the right. Because I say I've said this to the last few guests, and I've been on the radio a few times recently. I said this is the greatest, this is the best job Sari will ever have. Like regardless, this is the best coaching position Sari will have at Chelsea FC. So he's gonna make all the right noises. You know, oh, I'm just happy to coach what's in front of me. Um, you know, yeah, so Sari exactly. said. Conte said that as well originally, and then you know they do everyone's everyone's fucking players, but I think his I think his objective genuinely was play your football, Let, do what it takes, just coach into these players. Do you think you can do it with these players? He's just gonna go, yes, Chelsea, I can do it with these players. Give me the job. Course, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but that was his objective. So it, to play devil's advocate of why these formation changes have come so late, um, we were on the top four, you know, we found a bit of form and got back into the top four when it looked like I was turning round and then we've had this wobble and now he's gone, oh fuck, uh, change the formation. But I, I, to, to sort of play devil's advocate in his defence, maybe they were saying, look, play your football and he's like, right, I'm going to keep trying to keep trying. It's pointless convoluting, adding all these stuff with starting a new formation where I've seen problems in my 4-3-3 that I feel like if they weren't fucking doing these issues and mistakes, <laughs> we'd be winning these games. So let's go yeah. back to the training pitch. No, you were doing that. Okay, don't do it again. Promise you won't do it again. I won't do it again, coach. All right, let's try. Oh, look, we've lost 4-0. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So and maybe he's like bollocks to this. I know my objective is the 4-3-3, but let's change it a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just it's just. Um, I think I I tweet. Oh, I can't remember the tweet. I tweeted out ages ago about how um, sorry for me is like 
some really fit bird that you always fancied. <laughs> I just wait for this analogy. I know it starts strange from an old Italian <laughs> fat man, but um, it's like some it's like some girl that you always wanted to like you know hook up with or go out with, uh, but she comes along at the complete worst time and says, "Look." let's go for dinner like big boy and you've just had some fucking dodgy burrito that's given you the shits but you can't say no because she's there and then the whole date's an absolute disaster because you shit yourself you start being sick <laughs> but, this is a great analogy. but you had to go for it because she asked you and she was there you know that's how i felt like it was set up it was never set up to succeed that date but in theory, you know, it's the one you wanted and it's, you know, it could have been great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I totally get you. Yeah, I'm glad I echoed that um, analogy really poorly. And now, you know, I've probably got a lot of people <laughs> going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, again, we'll have to see what happens, man. I mean, we've got... No, you're you're go spot on, to be yeah. fair, with that. I just want to say, um, uh, there's a few people that, that have outlined it and said he's um, come to... He's come to the right place at the wrong time. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, if we had players that could suit his system, mm. who are young enough, it yeah. would work. It would be great, yeah. But he's come to a team where half of them know how it works and the other half don't, mm. and we're stuck. <laughs> yeah, know, and, so. he's d- and he's done it in like a turbulent time where, you know, not exactly. only half of them know how to do it, but half of them aren't suited to it. And, you know, some are on the over the hill a little bit like in certain elements of their game and it's a very competitive league and some of it's been fine margins and a lot of it's been like not just systemic it's been confidence and mentality like we've talked about earlier in the pod and fucking finishing like you know all Chelsea fans know about the chances created stat you know the amount of balls that go in the box that people should be finishing off sorry ball no fucking sorry ball do you know what I mean people put the fucking ball in the onion bag. Do you know what I mean? It's that's yeah. that, that's one for the old school fans. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's Sorry's <laughs> football is creating that those chances. And you know, and also again back to the confidence and mentality thing of track a runner. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't care like football's still football. There's basic things that just aren't being executed. But anyway, okay, so let's let's get on to to the main event of part two. Let's talk about players. Um, before we talk about Callum Hudson-Odoi, I'll, um, I'll get your th- thoughts on it and then I'll sort of uh, come back on my thoughts. But I think with Ruben, yeah. I really genuinely think Ruben was making a place for his own in the starting 11. But 100%. Yeah, but he he's come out and sort of, it's been public knowledge by the player, the club and the coach that his recurring, long-term recurring lower back injury yeah. was causing yeah. him issues. So with, with him coming on as a sub, um, and being like his one of his first guys he turns to, I, I don't think Sorry deserves any criticism for the Ruben thing because in the higher pace games, I think we are the, the physios and the club are being careful with him. And I think it would be unfair to judge his recent usage of Ruben um, neg- negatively. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm glad you agree on that. So yeah. actually, I'll just pre- I'll just I'll just preface the Hudson Adoy thing as well I, I'm i on the fence of how he's being used because I feel like I've, we've all seen so many wonder kids come and go I know he looks a little bit special Callum but do you think there there's a chance he's been handled perfectly or do you think no matter what he should be starting in front of Willian and Pedro um, regardless in high profile Prem games how do you feel just go go for your life man I'm I'm someone that and you you know this I'm someone who says um, if you deserve to play you play mm. 
you know, it's, I, I see it based on merit. Now, yes. I understand at this stage in the season, there's things like rotation. We're fighting on two fronts. We've got Europa League and we've got top four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's understandable. But when you've got games that aren't coming in thick and fast and you've got gaps, good gaps, mm. then you have to look towards merit and players that you know are going to deliver for the sake of the team. Mm-hmm. Right now, I believe Hudson Odoi is ahead of William and Pedro. Mm-hmm. So I would not only just for that point play more, but for his development, he needs to be on the pitch to learn. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to go out there and he's going to make mistakes. I'm not saying um, Hudson is going to come on the pitch. He's going to be Lionel Messi. He's going to rip everyone up and he's going to score 10, 10 goals every game. No, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not yeah, going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he is going to make mistakes, but mm-hmm. that's his time to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't believe he's a player who's going to make big errors or, you know, someone that's going to let the team down. Mm. Unfortunately, like we have seen from Pedro and we have seen from William. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, if, if they were two wingers who were ahead of the game, you know, mm. if this was like four years ago and Hudson Odoi was an 18 year old coming into the team, I'd be like, oh, mate, you've got to be patient. Because, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we've got Pedro and we've got William and mm-hmm. they're killing it. Mm. These guys are not killing it. No. And they're not even close. Um, so for the sake of the team, I would choose the best player in that position. Um, when rotation isn't such a big factor, Hudson Odoi for me is first on the list. Mm. And not only for the, for, as I said, for the sake of, I believe he's the best in his position, mm. um, but he needs to be on the pitch to learn more. The fact he hasn't started a Premier League game is worrying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so I, I, I believe. I just want to say I believe that that is coming. I yeah. believe, especially with today. Yeah. He's starting for yeah. England. I well, believe it will come. Yeah, so do I. And we'll move on to that in a sec. Just, just to pick up on a couple of things. It's so difficult, right? Because I, I agree. He should start one Premier League game. And if he isn't that great, then, you know, all right, come out of the spotlight for a couple of games, go back to Europa. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was at the Wolves game when he came on. And he was, for me, he was really, really bad. Um, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, which is fu- yeah. which is totally fine. Do you know what I mean? That's, That's totally fine. I just worry, but what if he did start that game and he was really bad? Suddenly, is it all the narrative different negatively? I just think, like, he talks about protecting him and, like, giving him these European games where he can express himself a bit more, um, you know, and just build up. Because, let's let's face it, I'm, I'm of... If I believe Conte and Jose, um, Hudson Adoy will still be in the academy or maybe he's playing, the, you know... The, the second team or you know maybe comes on for the odd sub if we're winning a 4-0 in Europa I just don't believe he is where he is today and I feel and, and I yeah. and, and yes the Bayern thing forced a lot of hands in the coach and the club and whatever but he, I wouldn't have even got up to that point he might have done a backdoor exit to Bayern for cheap or and that would have been awful in the Heinz's site but I'm just thinking yes He's in. He's making headlines now, but he's making headlines now. Do you know what I mean? Like at the same, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it could be a lot worse for him. And he is a kid. He's he's just turned eighteen. He's the youngest for player. Sure. He's the youngest player in England's history to have his first cap, a competitive cap at his age or something. You know, which is just it's a nuts. Optus tweeting about. It's all looking great and rather than being like, oh, Chelsea have created this guy, he's expressing himself, he's doing well, he's been rotated in and now he's in England, like, praise Chelsea. Of course it's, what the, f- the fucking Chelsea, look at the state of them, like, neglecting this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, that he, 
uh, the transfer request and stuff, but maybe it's a little bit of an old school perspective in thinking, I think this has just been perfect for him. You know, I feel like if he had, was thrown in, had a couple of shit Prem games, the narrative's completely different um, and whatever. But let's talk about how... So he started tonight. He's starting tonight. Montenegro, He's starting tonight, yeah. yeah. So Montenegro is, uh, is, is not a great opposition, but away is a, it's a really... Um, it- in, intimidating atmosphere apparently but let's yep, just, it is apparently yeah yeah so let's say he does let's say he has a good enough game pretty well but he start. he's he's england played two games he came on for one as a sub played really well and he started one that is huge for his first massive, call up. yeah first senior call up two competitive games is huge how does sorry react to that um if he plays well tonight mm. if he plays well bear in mind we've job, got cardiff and brighton next i i would continue the momentum mm against Cardiff, especially it's Cardiff. Mm. I know that it's going to be a hard game because they're fighting for a relegation. Mm. Um, and they it's, can, it's not yeah, easy. Can play right. And considering our form and Everton and, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's not good. The, the, the aura around the club at the moment isn't good. You need players who are carrying momentum mm. and are confident. And if he plays well tonight, he's starting on Sunday. For me, he's starting on Sunday, and yeah. he should do. Yeah. I'll be shocked if he has a good game tonight and he doesn't start on Sunday because mm. you need you need to call upon players that you know are in a good frame of mind and are going to deliver mm. instead of relying on players who have had you know on and offs and you're just hoping for the best. Mm. So I would start him on Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, and, and it's enough rest, isn't it? He's got a fucking week, basically, exactly. to rest. Yeah, you know, if if Willian and Pedro knocking about Cobham with Sari, and Sari's making a particular game plan to counter Cardiff, and he's saying he wants to train his winger to to you know to do that, that's I don't you know again I don't want to play devil's advocate, but yeah. uh, do you know what I mean? If he says, look, right, Cardiff have been playing like this, I need these wingers to play this on the fullback and the centre back here, and he's been drilling one of those wingers for the last fucking X amount. I don't know if. Willian's gone to Brazil. Oh, should have really checked that. But let's just say Pedro. <laughs> the same Pedro he's been knocking about, and he's like, "Right, Pedro, you and me, man. We've been doing a one-to-one on how to fuck fuck up Cardiff's left back and left centre back, and that you're going to do that. You know, we've done all this yeah. work all week for you to do that, and you've been rested, and you're like, you you know, you've gone fucking sort of ninja training on how to do that." the narrative would want Hudson Odoi to come back and just play but as a coach who's got a job and a player in front of him that can train to play against the opposition you're a meticulous Italian coach do you know what I mean there could be that yeah. side of it I'm only playing devil's advocate no because... definitely I, I agree I, I believe um, Sari's job isn't easy just no, get no. this you know clear it's not yeah, easy the Chelsea job is hell yeah and it's actually hell because you have to take into context as well um Hudson Odoi walks into the team say for example sorry just gone okay Callum is my first choice right winger now that's it I'm starting in most games Williams William or Pedro are both going to be like hang on I'm going to contact my agent what mm. the hell is going on this 18 mm. year old's coming ahead of me yeah 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 yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the same time Sari's job is to impose his authority. Mm. And if a player doesn't like that, if a player isn't professional enough to go, you know what, maybe I'm not performing. Maybe I need to work harder. Mm. Maybe I need to put my head down and try and prove myself ahead of an 18-year-old. What does that Mm. make me look like? So I'm going to work harder. If a player doesn't have that mentality, Sari needs to directly go straight to the club Straight to Marino or even Roman and go. Look, I've got I've got an issue here. Mm. I've got a discipline matter. A discipline matter. Look, here's here's the deal. He's acting like this. This is his attitude. 
what do you advise me to do? That way, everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Because you can't let a player just come out and be like, okay, I'm, I can't, I'm not having this, I'm not having this. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's not an easy job. For and sorry, you, it's not an easy job. And, and you can't afford to be sentimental anymore. And and, and do, you, no. do you know what, right? Because I was going to make the point that I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to say what I was going to make it, but I'm not going to actually back the point up. Now I thought about it. I was going to say like you know Chelsea have all the players that have done well for them. They've always tried to be good to whether it's playtime or letting them go and fucking play for yeah. Arsenal or do you know what I mean this that and the other. Yeah. But 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 sorry, he fucking bowled up at Stamford Bridge. He looked at our captain who's won Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues at Gary Cahill. You know I'm not saying yeah. you or me want him to play because we probably both don't want him to play <laughs> but i'm saying he looked at him and said no thanks drop the mic so it's not like he hasn't got it in his locker do you know what i mean <laughs> no so, for sure and yeah. what what baffles me do you hear gary cahill complaining yeah. are there any links with him going elsewhere no. there's nothing yeah. he's just and he's, he's coming on social media he's encouraging the women's team yeah. he's he's doing all sorts so yeah he's, yeah yeah that doesn't that doesn't quite look good, does it? No. And especially for someone like Gary Cahill, as you said, who's won it. He's 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 done it. He's played alongside someone like you know. He's been alongside. He was under the wing of John Terry. Mm. Um, he comes across as that guy who's not quite as impulsive as as John as JT is. No, um, not as solid as JT is. But it, he's like a beat he's, he's a beat tech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's a beat tech. So maybe he's got a bit of that character that's needed in the dressing room. Maybe he's, you know, but as you said, I, I wouldn't play him. I just have him as a presence, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. All, all right. In terms of squad, Eunice, um, a bit of a, a fluctuating performer and divides opinion from all football fans and England football fans. He's starting tonight. It's the Gormless Scouse who now and again can play really well. It's Ross Barkley. <laughs> right, so I've recently I've watched Ross Barkley and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? And like, whether yeah. he's conceding possession, but he played really... I know, again, it, we were, it wasn't great opposition the other night for England, but when he came on we then looked really good and he changed the game there. And I, he yeah. did have a purple patch in our season where he looked really good. That got him back into this England squad now, let's not forget. And, and, yep. and, and you know, Southgate's looking at him like, yeah, fuck yeah, Barkley. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're my boy. Yeah. I'm starting you tonight. You came on, you changed the game the other night. I don't care that you've dropped off in terms of playing a little bit for Chelsea. I see the value in you. Um, I think you're with me. I imagine you're with me in terms of if both fit and both going for the same spot it's gonna be Ruben Loftus-Cheek just because of his how he imposes himself and probably that might even be the case for England as well you know like in yep. terms of Barkley and everything but what do you think of him as a player is he someone you'd want to like keep at the club and carry on developing because by all accounts he's really good at applying himself in training like he's you know he's quite gets his head down but how do you feel about it is he someone yeah. that do you, would you want to flip him and turn a profit because we would turn a profit on him 100% we'd, we'd, get, oh, yeah, we'd double our money right now or more so or would you no, want him to hang about how do you feel about um, it yeah, with with Ross Barkley, um, it's an odd one because I don't see any problems in terms of his attitude. Mm. I don't I don't get that vibe. Um, I, I you don't you never really hear any complaints about him. Mm. The only thing that happens is his performances. Mm. And when he came on um, for England against Czech Republic, and he played the way he did, mm. I did ask myself a question and I thought, hang on, how he's, he's playing this well now? Mm. <laughs> for England yeah. well the free two Why? against Spain as well Eunice he played that yeah. like Perlo-esque yeah. ball to Kane to score and he like exactly well, and it, it, it makes me question 
why is that not happening at Chelsea? Mm. Is it the system? Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, he did have a purple patch when everything's going well. Because when things are going bad, like, oh, the team's playing shit. Who are we looking at? Look at Barkley, that dickhead. Barkley, Look at that yeah, dickhead. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. But, um, definitely. So, I don't know, man. Like, if we could have loads of wicked English players that are playing well in the next three years and they're all England internationals and, you know, we're like a sort of trophy-winning version of Spurs. <laughs> you know, but, like, you know, with players that are Chelsea, do you know what I mean? We've got the England, yeah. more England players in there. But, like, yeah, it is, it, Ruben trumps Barkley, but I think they are a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one because um, Loftus-Cheek, I believe, is also the future. Mm. Uh, yeah. And considering his back injury, hopefully that's sorted. Um, but um, for me, he'd get ahead on the pecking order. Mm. But Barkley is an, is an odd one. He's on and off. And I, I believe if we sell him, it wouldn't be a disaster. No. No. But if we keep him, we have to question why he's not performing at Chelsea. And sometimes mm. he does. Sometimes mm. he has his moments. You, he, he doesn't play, you know, crap all the time. No. He doesn't. He, no, no, he, no. He, has, he has some good games. Mm -hmm. But when you look at his performances elsewhere, such as England, mm. you have to question, is it... it is it him not being comfortable? Um, is it his teammates around him? Is it the system? Is it Sarri? Mm. We don't know. And that's one of many questions about our club at the moment. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the thing is, we, we, we'd all rather sell Marcus Alonso to Barcelona for 50 million, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. So. Instantly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So before I want to sort of wrap up the podcast, but and then we will talk about, um, we'll plug uh, your YouTube channel and where all the listeners can yeah. find you and stuff. But just, just to sort of wrap up the general chat, mate. What? Where do you? How is Chelsea gonna? I know this is like a, a really broad question, but how is Chelsea gonna end the season? If you had to guess, if you had to just think about the top of your head, don't go too studiously into it. Like in terms of you know Europa League top four finish and coach, do you think? How do you think we're gonna do? And are we gonna change the coach? If you had to guess, um, personally, and this is not you know an opinion as to whether I want him in or out, but I don't believe we're going to go beyond the end of the season with Sari. Okay. I think but you, it is to the end the of the season, season now, isn't it? At the moment, it, it, it looks like it'll be silly to change <laughs> this late. Well, unless if something really bad happens, we lose six nil again yeah. <laughs> or something, you know, something yeah. really, really bad happens. Mm. Um, then okay the club would have to consider but i believe we'll get to the end of the season um i don't see sorry going further mm. personally hasn't he got like a uh, two-year contract <laughs> with an extension uh, option so we'd only have to pay him like the four mil fucking wages you know he's got really low wages yeah. he's got low wages yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i think well, they they learned sure. from from jose not to give anyone high yeah. wages well anymore. he wouldn't have asked for, <laughs> he doesn't demand high wages anyway so no no yeah. he's he's very and i think that's one of the reasons they hired him mm. he, he's I don't want to say he's a yes man, but yeah. he's just cool with anything. Well, he is a yes man. He is a yes anything man. that's in well, anything that's in front of him, he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's the anti Conte, isn't he? He's like, yeah, yeah. So. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why they hired him. But mm. um, in terms of our our league finish, the Europa League before we played Everton, I was comfortable in saying, okay, look, we've got a nice path into the semi final of the Europa. We've got a path into the final after that. Mm. Everything's looking nice. Mm. Top four, we're in the mix. Um, and at the moment, we still are. But mm -hmm. now we've lost our games in hand. We're sixth. We have to play Liverpool away. We have to play United away. Yeah. It's not looking good. No. Um, considering United are the ones that are looking like they're going to go a bit further. Mm. Arsenal have rejuvenated a bit. 
it's not looking good. Arsenal's so, run are really fucking wicked. Like, I know yeah. they've got some away games, but they've got a really soft run. They've got the easiest. They've yeah. got the easiest. Out of all of us, they've got the easiest one. So mm. that does make you worry. Mm. Um, and I, for that reason, I don't think we'll get top four. Okay. But there, yeah, I agree. I don't think we'll get top four. But I. Okay. But there's an argument that's been made that I've sort of agree with that I've heard that our our football actually suits European competitions better than the Premier League yeah Um, so so maybe that might bode well and it looks like you know we 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 make it through elite level opposition in Prague (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then we can't we can't play Napoli or Arsenal in the semi so it looks like we should get to the final to face say probably in Napoli and that would just be you know Ancelotti and Sari versus their old clubs um That'd be horrible. yeah it'd be horrible <laughs> and like there's a good chance we'll lose it but it's a final Chelsea play well in finals yeah. ultimately you know we, we didn't have I went to the um cup final a few weeks ago against City and I was like we're oh. fucked we're fucked and then we played in the second half we were the better team I thought so Chelsea can yep. pull it out for finals um so I think we could do it for Europa League but um mate it's been a really, really interesting chat, Eunice, man. Um, I'm it's been sure great. It has been. I'm sure all the listeners enjoyed it. Uh, Eunice is a YouTuber. Um, I watch a lot of his uh, YouTube videos. It's just him talking Chelsea down the camera. But if you, you know, I'm sure like you've enjoyed his opinions. You can get more of those. So where where can they find you on YouTube, mate? Um, well, my YouTube channel is Eunice HH. So um, you know my name and HH on the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, same goes for my Twitter. It's yep. the same, but um, yeah. In terms in terms of my channel, it's mainly Chelsea orientated. Um, I haven't had. I, I really want to start editing again because I haven't edited in a, in a while. Mm. Um, it's just in terms of equipment and time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that will come. So mm. you know, for those who don't know, come over and have a look, and I hope you enjoy it. But yeah, um, yeah thank thank you for having me on as well. It's, it's been, been a, it's been it's been a great chat. It's been a pleasure, mate. And just to just, uh, <laughs> just to go. Um, talk a little bit a little bit finally on your, on your youtube channel it's great because it is just you expressing yourself you're it's not it's, and, 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 uh, yeah yeah no but I, yeah and i don't i don't mean that as in like you know i like it how it's not always that structured because you're like look man you're not like re- being reactionary but you're being like this is the case this is how i feel and that's why I, and, I, and i like that you know it's, it's cool to watch man so i'm I mean, you know i'm a big fan um bro Thank you for coming Brilliant. on so Thank much. Thank you so much for that, man. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> no, thank you. And I hope everyone else enjoys it as well. Um, and yeah, your podcasts are fantastic, um, especially the one with Joe Tweedy. I've, I've had a chance to speak to him lately. He's, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he's excellent. Um, but yeah, no, keep doing what you're doing. It's been, it's been great. Cool, man. All right. Cheers, Eunice. Thanks, bud. Thank you, Yannick, man. Thank you. And there endeth the podcast episode. Uh, yeah, like I said... An awesome episode of Yannick on Chelsea. Thanks again, Eunice, for coming on, bro. Excellent. Um, really interesting. Different opinion, different outlook on Chelsea. Go and uh, follow him on Twitter. Check out his YouTube channel. It's great. And uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I really do appreciate all your support just by hanging out and listening to the pod, Chelsea fans. Um, yeah, hit me up on uh, iTunes with a five-star review. That would be much appreciated because it supports me. You know, follow me on Twitter at Chelsea Yannick. All right, ladies and gents, up the Chelsea. Keep the blue flag flying high. Carefree wherever you may be. And I hope England win tonight with that boy, Keller Martin-Odoi. I'll see you later.